Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. Let's get right into this week's episode. Hey, this is Gary Brackett. Welcome to another episode of Success Leaves Clues. I'm extremely honored today to be able to interview my next guest, someone who I recently got engaged with over the internet. Internet is just not only for scrolling, it's for making meaningful connections and also networking. But he's an entrepreneur, a clarity coach for authors and entrepreneurs. And also, he has a new book out that we're going to discuss today. And that book is called Start With your people. And if you don't have a copy of it right now, please go to his website, startwithyourpeople.com and pick up a copy. I would like to introduce you to my guest today, Mr. Brian Dixon. Gary, thanks so much for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Really excited to be here. Nah, man. Thank you very much for joining. Looking at your your Instagram profile, man, just seeing the space that you're in. Obviously, I just started my own journey down the coaching carousel and thoughtpreneur. And just seeing some of the success you've been, what, what kind of brought you to the idea of becoming a clarity coach? I think like many of us, there's two thoughts. The first one is that our mess is our message. Mm. You know, the thing that we're really, where we get stuck and think about, you know, your days playing ball, right? For you to reach out to somebody or for somebody to reach out to you, a rookie reach out to you and say, Hey Gary, like what are a couple of tips you have for me? You were playing for a while and now this person's just getting started, right? You can turn back a couple of years in your history and go, man, I wish I knew these things. You know, I wish I knew this five years ago. I wish I knew this three years ago. So that's one way. It's just to look at like, what have I accomplished or what have I pushed through that took me three years to figure out, but I can turn to somebody who's three years behind me and say, how do you like to skip three years of hard learning? You know, maybe, maybe compress it from three years to three months or from three years to three days like that's really valuable. And so I, I, the, at least those are the kind of coaches that I hire. Cause I think good coaches hire coaches. So the coaches that I hire are people that have the kind of results that I want. So I look at my specific areas of my life and I say, you know, I really want to grow in this. So right now I'm really working on my mindset, right? Thinking bigger, integrating that with my faith, integrating that with my vision for my company. And so I hired a, a mindset coach, you know, somebody who's giving me these challenges, getting me out of my comfort zone because I've seen what he's been able to do. And I'm like, that's what I want. So that's, that's one way is looking at where you've been successful. And the other way is to look at where have you really struggled. And I think you, as a learner, as somebody who's trying to figure it out, it's okay not to have it all figured out to be a coach. I think there's so many people that wait until they've won a Super Bowl, right? Or until they've published a book to become a coach. But if you really think about it, you know, I have a nine-year-old son. My nine-year-old son, he coaches my six-year-old daughter probably every day. Most of the time, she doesn't want the coaching. But he's saying, Emmeline, do this, or Emma, do this, or like, hey, look over here, or try this thing. And so you don't, I don't really don't believe you have to be certified, or you have to have like, won a ring in order to help somebody. It's amazing. In your book, you say a quote, what's obvious to you is magic to other people. And that kind of just sums it up right there. And I know when we were playing, we had this thing like, you need a coach because you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. Yeah. Uh, So many people... It's so challenging for them if you're not getting the results that you want to get. Sometimes bringing, like you said, someone in to kind of help you 
bring that clarity to, to your world kind of helps exponentially and kind of shortens that path for what you want to take. So that's amazing that not only do you coach people, but you also believe and get coached yourself. Yeah, you have to, you know, it's, it's just, it's illogical for me to expect somebody to get out of their comfort zone or do something that's challenging if I'm not doing that as well. So, you know, I, I believe that, that leaders need to go first, mm-hmm. you know, leaders eat last, right? I, I, you know, Simon Sinek has a book on that. I, I, I believe in that. Like we want to yeah. serve other people, allow them to go first, but when it's something risky or something scary, like for example, we're building a sales team for one of my companies right now. And, you know, I want to learn the software first before I get everybody else trained on the software. Like I really want to understand it. I want to, I want to make the first phone calls to see which scripts are working, which scripts aren't. I believe that as a leader, you need to be willing to do what you're asking your team to do. Yeah, no question. Another model that we went by when we played is speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. Oh, I like and it. it's so important that you have leaders at the top going through things that you know, they're, that you know your troops are going to go through. And so then not only are you telling them, hey, do this because I told you, like do this because I've done it before and it works. So it's a definitely a different approach of, of showing people instead of just telling them. That's right. So question, I know you're a family man. Do you have three kids? I believe three it is. Kids. Yeah, little. Three years old, six years old, and nine years old. So how do you keep a, a good routine? What do you think about work-life balance? How do you kind of keep it all together with a young family, obviously a coaching business, uh, Hope Writer is something yep. you're a co-founder of. How do you keep it all balanced? You know, it's, it's a good question, Gary. In, in writing the new book and writing the book, Start With Your People, I read over 70 business books to sort of just, you know, just get inspiration. I didn't want to regurgitate the same idea. So I, I wanted to really see like, what, what have people already been saying about the importance of people in your business? That's, that's why I went out. I mean, I, you know, had my bookshelf and I looked at them and I, and I, I strategically pulled off, I remember 70 different books off my bookshelves to say, these are the books because we stand on the shoulders of giants, right? So these are the, these are the books that my book's going to stand on the shoulders of. And as I flipped through each of these books, there was not one book, not one book that had a chapter that was dedicated to family. And there was not one book that had a chapter that was dedicated to your marriage relationship or your relationship with your significant other. And so we start, you know, in the book, the first couple chapters are about home because as an entrepreneur, as a business leader, what happens at home affects work and what happens at work affects home. If I've got a big deadline coming up and I'm feeling the stress about it or I'm feeling the pressure, of course my kids are going to feel it if I'm really present, right? And so how do we navigate that, you know? And I don't really don't think it's work-life balance. I think it's work-life integration. I think it's really a matter of include, you know, your spouse is not the enemy of your dreams, that's one of the chapters is all about that. How do you include your spouse into that conversation about your business? And then number two is that your kids don't have to be your liability. They can be your legacy. And I think so many entrepreneurs, especially guys, we look at it like we just got to pay the bills. We've got to save for college. We've got to do all these financial goals. But what about including our kids? You know, Because they're going to be running the family business one day, or at least they're going to be inheriting whatever mess you left. So things as simple as in launching a book, getting the kids to tell me their thoughts on the title, their thoughts on the cover, and the kids are little, you know, but they love being able to kind of be part of that. And I remember the day, this is a month or two ago, you know, we're, we're about to launch the book and uh, the FedEx truck or the UPS truck drove up and took out boxes and boxes and boxes of books to drop off. 
and the kids knew what those boxes were. They couldn't wait to open them and see the hardcover version of the book because they'd been part of the process. And so instead of going and starting your own business that doesn't have anything to do with your family, what would your life look like if you included your family in that process? Wow, that's amazing. I love what you said about your kids not being your liability, about them being your legacy. Um, it's amazing. Like uh, my kids have an Instagram page, Them Crazy Brackets, because they're silly and goofy and crazy. But it's just amazing like how inspiring my children are. And the reason that I do what I do is because of my children and involving them in the process. I think it's amazing now is the show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Yeah. Uh, my daughter's in fifth grade, and my answer would be, no way. Um, that's right. But then with that, it's just like, if that's the case, then why not include them in some of your conversations in terms of Absolutely. their wants and needs? And I think it's so much, even as a CEO, when other people have ideals and you allow them to speak and then you act on some of the ideals, it's amazing how engaged they get. Right. When it's not a dictatorship and, hey, do as I say. And when you actually include people in the process, it's amazing. So that's why the book Start With Your People is so important because I believe in people build brands and starting with your people and acknowledging them and kind of listening to them. I think it's, it's very meaningful when you're trying to build a business. That's right. And, you know, and another thing, too, 2019, 2020, I think the next couple of years, we're starting to see a trend back towards authenticity. You know, when social media first started getting going, it was the highlight reel. It's showing yourself, you know, on a vacation or winning a big award or, you know, you're, you're dressed up nice on date night. And, and that was what worked for a while is so, sort of showing the, the highlight reel. But what's really starting to connect now, I've noticed this with a number of my, you know, friends and, and clients that I work with that, you know, they're authors and speakers and, and, you know, they're Instagram people, they're trying to grow their brand online the posts that get the most engagement, the posts that get the most comments are the really personal ones where they're sharing their struggle. I think of a, a friend right now who has, who has a sick child. All of those comments, like those posts have completely been so much more engaging than the nice, pretty posts that she normally posts. And I think that's just going to continue to be true is that people want deep and rich and lasting connections and I think we're becoming a little bit more selective about what voices do we allow in to speak to us? Because now we have, it's like a buffet, right? We can choose whatever we want to eat, but if we want to have that healthy diet so we can move forward in our health goals, we're going to be selective about what we put on our plate. And in the same way, there's way too much. Like there's no way you could watch every TV show that just came out. So you have to choose what are you going to invest your time in and in the same way, I think people are leaning more towards authenticity and vulnerability, which is just another reason why you should include your kids and include your spouse in the process of you growing your business. Yeah, I think of it when you're talking about um, the authenticity, about going deeper. And yeah. I can remember on vacation for years and years, I would snorkel. And you go on the snorkel, you only see the surface level, everything looks really pretty. And then one year I committed to actually learn how to scuba dive. There's a couple hour course and then going scuba dive and actually going down deep. And when you go down deep, it's another layer that wow. I think, you know, is very interesting. Not only do you see the stuff now, you get to touch it, feel it. And I think that's the level of intimacy people are looking for what you want online on social. Love that. 
That's awesome. So in terms of your book, what 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 was the inspiration? We talked a little bit about, we'll start with you. What was the inspiration mm-hmm. about doing it? Because you're talking about your people, but you're, you're speaking to coaches and entrepreneurs, right? And, mm-hmm. and coaches, while they not maybe have 400 employees, they still have people, right? They still have a tribe that they're, That's that, right. they're that they're leading. Yeah, I found that most entrepreneurs, most coaches are, they're going through their life, they're running their business, hopping on one foot. And you need left foot, right foot. That's how we run. That's how we walk, right? One foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And what I mean by that is generally, let's just say the left foot is impact. Like I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact, what you might call your why, like my purpose. I want to live in my purpose. I'm going to serve people well, which is amazing. But that's like hopping on one foot because you also need the income. You need people paying you, right? You need to pay your bills. And I know a lot of broke coaches out there, a lot of coaches that spend all this money to get certified and don't know how to land a client. And once they land a client, they don't know what to charge them. And once they, you know, work with them once or twice, they don't know how to keep serving them well, but also charging well as well. So that left foot, right foot, the impact and the income. And so part of the inspiration of writing Start With Your People is to tell people, to tell you guys listening right now, that you can live in your profitable purpose. Mm -hmm. So not just your purpose, but your profitable purpose. I really believe that if you're living in that sweet spot where you're serving people well, that the income comes, that that the income flows when you're serving people at a higher level. And and so that's really the inspiration of the book. And so I I looked at my business, I looked at where my business was at, I was working with a business coach because we talked about this, right? Coaches hire coaches. Good coaches hire coaches. Yeah, no question. And I was working with this business coach and, and my business was going okay, but it wasn't really growing. And there had been a few clients that had worked with me, but didn't work with me a second time. Only worked with me on one project. I thought the project went well, but they didn't decide to continue or didn't decide to do like a second, a second round. And it kept coming up, Gary, a couple of times. And I... um. And I thought, you know, I, I don't know what the problem is. And so I worked with this business coach and he asked me to do a 360 assessment. Are you familiar with the 360 assessment? I am not. We, I might call it something different, but yeah. yeah. So, so a 360 assessment, essentially, I mean, imagine, you know, people in your life, in your business, people you used to work with, people you work with now, people that work for you, people you used to work for. A 360, like a circle, you know? So imagine you're in the middle of the circle and they're just saying what they see. So like you said, you know, it's, it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. 360 assessment basically does the same thing. It's telling you what you don't necessarily see. And here's the key. It's anonymous. So, three, so I did a 360 assessment, asked basically three questions. You know, what's Brian good at? Where's Brian stuck? Or what's Brian not good at? And then if you could tell Brian anything, what would you say? And sent this out anonymously to a number of people, over 50 people, and the feedback I got, I mean, there was a lot of positive feedback, but of course, you know what we do, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We skip right to the negative stuff. <laughs> and, and three people said something to the effect, the same phrase was in there three times and said, Brian puts projects over people. Mm. So I was focused on results. And, and at, this, at this time, what we were doing is we were a marketing company that would launch courses, online courses. So we were making a bunch of money for our clients and helping them launch these courses but they didn't feel heard. They didn't feel like I really cared about them. And when the course was done and was over, that was the last they heard from me. You know, I didn't, I didn't follow up a week later to say, Hey, it was great working with you or, you know, looking forward to working with you again. Like it was just business. I, I, I missed the person part of business. 
Wow. And, uh, and so that's where it started. And like I said, at the beginning, you know, our, our mess is our message. And I realized that I needed to get right with the people in my life, especially the people in my business. If I was hoping to grow that income and to keep, keep growing my business, I needed to see the people that were in my life and in my business. Wow. That's amazing. Now, what, um, so what kind of shifts in, in your in your mind or your heart when you're thinking about, because before, right, it's, yeah. it's all about the almighty dollar, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm an MBA student, and they all talk about shareholder equity, right? Everything that we do is to bring the shareholder. And for uh, solopreneurs, a lot of times it's, it's home, right? We have That's to right. be responsible to make money. So what, 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 what shift occurred to, that, to have you like really, or, or how do you now, Mm-hmm. converse with the people that you do business with that's different that's more intimate and, and more about people and less about projects yeah it's it's a still a daily challenge you know because i don't think your mess ever goes away it's still <laughs> it's still my mess but i've i've learned a few strategies um okay. the, you know one of them is is a question it's mm-hmm. a question i try to ask every day there's kind of two versions of it so you can pick which one fits you best um but you could ask um what can I do to make your day? It sounds real simple, right? It sounds like how people ask me that all the time. People don't ask that question. Yeah. So, so for example, you know, I was talking to my a project manager over, we use an app called Voxer, which is like a walkie talkie app, you know, where you can send messages. And I sent it to her, you know, an hour ago. I said, Hey, what can I do to make your day today? And she knows what that means is like, um, you know, like, like, where are you stuck? Or, or, um, you know, where, what do you need from me? There's basically a way to say it. It's like, what do you need from me today? So what can I do to make your day? When I ask my wife this, she always has an answer. <laughs> like every time <laughs> she knows, you know, and, and nine times out of 10, it's very simple. It's, can you remember to put the dry cleaning out, you know, or can you go bring the trash in? Or can you go pick up the kid at this time? Like, it's really simple, but for her to now that's off her plate, she can focus on what she was going to do. And it's easy for me to just, oh, let me just add that on my errand list. No problem. Uh, so that's, that's kind of one, one way, maybe a more positive way to ask it is what can I do to make your day? The more kind of constructive way to ask it, which I actually use this one more often, is what are you working through? So for example, somebody follows me on Instagram, sends me a message, hey, Brian, nice to connect with you. I'll say, hey, great to connect with you too. What are you working through right now? And I sent three of these messages today. What are you working through right now? And then I get video back or I get like an audio message back or a long paragraph back and people want to be helped, right? They, they want to get unstuck. So that's a great way to start with your people, especially for you coaches out there. If you're trying to figure out how to get more coaching clients, reach out to people you've worked with before, reach out to people who filled in a form but never, never decided to hire you and just say, hey, you know, happy Monday. I was thinking about you and just wondering, what are you working through right now? And they'll tell you. And when they tell you, then you either have you have you either have the skills to to help them, or you can refer them to somebody else. And that is service, right? It's just being able to say, you know what, that's a great question. That's not my field of expertise, but here's a great book, or here's somebody I want to introduce you to. That's a way of serving them, uh, and that's what it really means to start with your people. Wow, that's powerful. I remember. Um one of the things that I've kind of learned the the hard way, nine year NFL career, and for the longest time it was all about me. I needed sleep. Mm-hmm. I needed this much time to study film. I need to work out. I need to eat certain type of meals. And when I transitioned from the NFL, you know that me mentality was still there. So I come home and we got two kids now, and I'm like, yeah, but where's my dinner though? 
Like I, I get the kids are there and like we really struggle. And then yeah. I, I came up with the simple prayer that I do every big meeting before I go into the house. I, I just say a simple prayer. I say, Lord, please fill me with more of you and less of me. Oh, I like that. And, and, and it's all about from, from that, it, my, like it shifts in my mind and it's not about Gary anymore. And now Gary, the greatest among us will serve. So now how can I come serve you, serve whoever I'm doing business with? Um, because, you know, the old Zig Ziglar, if we help enough people get what they want, we're going to ultimately get what we want. So I think right. being that servant leader and putting that into practice, man, it just definitely helps put people first and, and, and making sure everything's kind of, you know, working out for the good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Zig fan. And, and that, that quote, when I heard that quote for the first time, that, that quote just changed my life. You know, I used, I used to be a school teacher. I was a seventh grade English uh, teacher, taught, taught English language arts in, uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. Not, not a great school, right? The school wasn't winning any awards. And, I, and I, I was really having a tough time. You know, I was having a tough time as a teacher. I was having a tough time managing my class, getting kids interested in reading, you know, in seventh grade. And it was, it was a hard season. And I, and I discovered Zig and I, and I listened to one of his talks on tape <laughs> or on CD or something. And he mentioned, you help enough people get what they want. You can have anything you want. And, it, and for the first time I realized, what do these kids want and what do they want? And it, it hit me. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. Mm. And, and that's not what most teachers try to do. You know, I, I thought, I thought my job, here's the key. I thought my job, the way I'd be successful is making sure kids did well on a test or making sure kids could write at a certain level. But, but what I, what I learned, it took me a couple of years to really figure it out. But what I learned is the way to help kids be successful is for them to feel like they are part of the community, that they have a place in your classroom, that they're seen and that they're valued. And, um, and so what we did as a, in, in my English class is instead of reading the books that everybody else was reading and writing the reports that everybody else was writing, I had some technology, I had a little bit of a budget for technology. I bought a microphone and we, and we started recording the kids, uh, uh, recording their poems. I mean, in a lot of ways it was their, their raps. It was, it was the, the writing they wanted to do, yeah. you know? So they'd write out their, their poem we call it the poetry slam cafe. So they, they, they write out their, their poem and then that's the way that they could report on the book that they had to read. I couldn't change the book they had to read. That was still part of the state curriculum, but I could change the way they presented it. Wow. And then they'd hear themselves on the recording and they'd want to make it even better. And then they'd want to add a little beat and they want to add a little bit of music. And so that wasn't the whole class, but that was part of the class. And it was just enough for them to be really excited and really engaged my attendance rate, you know, went up because people didn't want to get sick. They wanted to come to Poetry Slam Cafe. So, <laughs> right. So what can we do in our life and in our business to let people know you're in the right place? I'm just, I'm constantly shocked when I go to a business, money in hand, you know, ready to buy whatever it happens to be. And I walk in there and it's like, they couldn't care less. You know, they just couldn't care that I'm even there. And yeah. it's like, don't you know the lifetime customer value of me walking in this door as opposed to the door next door? Like, don't you understand what, what this means for you, for you to get my business and for me to be able to refer my friends and my clients to your business? And they don't even acknowledge you, you know? So I think there's so much that can happen if we really start with our people. It changes our lives and it changes our business. No, nah, that's key. 
that that's that's a great story. I definitely would have never missed Poetry Slam. If I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, we did. We we had vocabulary words that we're supposed to teach, and the kids did not want to learn those vocabulary words. So then I I used I used Google, right? The magic of Google, and I and I found a, a website. It was like raplyrics.com or something like that. And I type in one of the words that we're supposed to learn. I'm like, oh, Ludacris used that in a in a song, or you know, Tupac used that in a song. So then I. <laughs> I had the word wall at the back of the room, you know, with a lot of, you've probably seen this like A to Z with all the words you're supposed to, but instead of A to Z, it was the A to Z of all the rappers. And so I had their pictures up there and it was, these are the words they use in their song. That was appropriate words, obviously. But it's like, and, but there were big words, you know, it's like, oh, well, if that's a, you know, if that's a word that, you know, whatever Biggie used in his song, maybe, maybe I should, if that's a, if that's a word that Biggie used in his song, maybe I should learn that word as well. Nah, that's amazing. That's funny. Hey, so um, wrapping up, um, two last questions. One, so for me, obviously, uh, 2007, part of a championship team. And after I won the game, all right, and so many of us are climbing this mountain. Once we think we get to the top, we think that, like, that's it. But yep. I realized, like, there's more mountains, and that was just one of them, and it was great. But winning a championship – it was not because of that single day. It was because of the championship habits that I built over my life, over my career, that kind of led me to that moment. So looking back at your life, what kind of championship habits have you developed that are like to you to this day, that's, that's a big reason for your success? That's a good question. I was just, I was just challenged. I have a coaching group and I was just challenging my coaching group about this this morning. Mm -hmm. So what I was saying is, you know, when you get a book, Okay. So a book is, you know, 10 to $20, right? But you can, you can squeeze out 10,000 to $20,000 of value from one book. It's all in the way that you approach it. And, and what I, what I realized, this is what my dad was a preacher growing up. And so I learned this from him is any certain, anytime you're listening to a sermon, you take notes, right? And he'd, he'd always joke about how it's okay to write in your Bible. It's okay to highlight in your Bible. And so that's what I do. Whenever I'm reading a book, I'm highlighting, I'm underlining and let's take this to the next level. So once you go through a book, first of all, read the whole book, like read the whole, don't just read one chapter, read the whole book, highlight it, underline it. And then here's the key. When you're done with the whole book, then what I do is I go back through the book, whether it's the Kindle version, hardcover, I really like the paper, you know, to have the paper version of it. And then I have it kind of off to the side and I type up on screen. I type up every single thing I highlighted. So it's all the quotes it's if I wrote in the margins, if I wrote any kind of ideas in the book, I try, to, I try to do that. I'll write it all out. And then I basically, I squeezed all the juice out of that book, you know, and it goes from a 280 page book to like one or two pages of notes that really connected with me. And then, okay, let's just take it to the next level. Just success leaves clues, right? So if you really want to take it to the next level, what I would do is I would then read out those notes, record those notes or so record yourself reading out those notes, put it on your voice recorder. You know, you have the voice app on your, uh, on your phone and then listen to it at least three times. And those quotes that you highlighted one time, you'll now start remembering them. You'll start using them in sentences, right? You'll start, start uh, sharing those from the stage or sharing those in a coaching call. So that's how to take something as small as a book and really squeeze out the value and a hundred X the value of that investment. Wow. That's, that's so strong. I, I know so many people who, read books and don't finish them. I, I get caught up a lot when I'm in um, church service. Yep. I use my phone. So I'm a tech guy. So I'm writing notes on my phone about the sermon because yep. 
Um, my handwriting is so bad, I can't read it after I write it, right? So, <laughs> Me too. Um, so I type it on my phone, and one time this lady was looking at me in church, and she was just like, like upset, like disturbed. And after that service, you know, I'm just like, hey, what's going on? She was like, I can't believe you sat there and text the whole time. And I showed her my notes. I'm like, no, ma'am, I was taking notes. And she felt like, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, I was, I was like, no, like, I'm on it. Like, I, right. I, I have um, any speech I'm in, I take notes. If, right. I, I'm, if someone is speaking about something viable, I'm taking notes. If I'm reading books, I'm taking notes. If I'm listening to YouTube, I think it's just amazing, you know, how many clues that you could get from people yes. if you pay attention and if you document. So good. Yeah, amazing. So last um, question, and this has been extremely valuable. I, I definitely appreciate it. Then after this, we can uh, tell people where they can find you at. But the name of the podcast is Success Leaves Clues. So what is one clue, thinking back on your life, mm-hmm. that you had to share with our listeners that they uh, implement right now? It, it could be life-changing in their lives. Yeah, I, you know, I just believe in the, in the power of solitude. And, uh, you know, we, we mentioned church a couple of times, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I think what, what we do success leaves clues is, is we, we follow the example of people that, um, we look up to. And so if you look at Christ, what did he do? He got away by himself in the morning to pray. And it mentions it like five times in the, in the gospels alone in the morning while it was still dark, he went alone by himself to pray. And so even if you're not a person of faith, what if you got up in the dark alone by yourself to reflect or alone by yourself just to think? And so as, as a father of three little kids, if, if I'm waking up at seven o'clock, they're already awake, you know? And, and so I don't have that alone time to go off by myself to think. And if I stay up late at night, my wife's still up with me. And so I don't have that alone time by myself to think. So there's only one time for me to find that time and it's early. It's an hour before the kids wake up. So that's that's the that's the um, the clue that I that I've learned early on along the way. You know, my professors at college or um, you know different people I looked up to. It was definitely people in sports. You know, they they'd wake up early, and I'm like, what? You wake up early? Like what? Isn't it great to sleep in? They say, Are you kidding me? I could be sleeping in. What do they say? I could I could I could be sleeping. And, and, um, you know, dreaming while I'm sleeping, or I could wake up and start working on my dreams. Yeah. And I just love that idea. Like, that's what I want to do. I will sacrifice an hour of having dreams while I'm sleeping. Instead, I'll wake up for an hour and I'll go work on my dreams. And guess which one I'm going to be happier about in a year from now, right? It's that compound effect. 365 hours of working on your dreams uh, over the course of a year, that adds up to accomplishing some of those dreams. Wow, man, that's great stuff right there. It, it's amazing. Um, I did a webinar on having your championship morning. Yeah. And if typical people wake up at 7 a.m., if you to work it at 5 a.m. in the morning and you compound that for the year, you gain 30 additional days. <laughs> it's amazing. A whole month. A whole month you gain by getting up early morning. Now, I, I'm not going to lie. I do 5 too. I wake up 5 a.m., for um five days a week and then the other that's days a week i work up at seven just so my body can rest so i get 20 extra days a month but it's still 20 extra days a month that you get um you know for you to chase your dreams for you to implement your plans uh just amazing the amount of time and and the solitude that you get in the morning um when you have that a long time 
That's right. And you don't, you don't have to sacrifice sleep. Like that's, that's the myth as people say, I could never wake up earlier. What you do, I call it the one hour exchange. Mm. So you you just take that last hour of the night where usually like, let's be real. You're probably falling asleep on the couch watching Netflix, Right. you know, take that last hour and just say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to bed at 10 instead of 11. That's what we're talking about. It's not like it's a big sacrifice. You know, you set a timer, so I, for us, it's easy on the, on the microwave in our kitchen because it's right near our living room. So I just go over the, the microwave and I go, okay, it's, it's uh, 9.15. I said I was going to go to bed at 10. So I do 45 minutes. And the, the reason I use the microwave instead of my phone is because if you set a timer on the microwave, it will not stop beeping until you go and press it and turn it off, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so it's just annoying enough for me to get up off the couch, walk over there. And while I'm up, I'm like, well, I might as well turn the TV off and go to bed now. So what can you do to sort of uh, break that pattern, break that routine in order to, to go live out your dreams? Man, that's awesome. That's what it's all about, man, living out your dreams. O'Brien, thank you for sharing so much with us. Man, we've got a lot of clues that we can apply to our lives. Um, where can they find you at? Where can they grab the book? Start with your people. Um, what's your uh, information? Awesome, Gary. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So the book's called Start With Your People. Uh, You can check it out at startwithyourpeople.com or of course you can grab it on Amazon. And for you audio listeners out there, I recorded the audio book. So, you know, go get that audio book. Uh, I narrated it, which was a lot of fun. And uh, if if you want to, you know, check out my stuff, follow me. I've got a, a I've got a quiz on my website. It's, I call it the Clarity Quiz, helping you get unstuck in thirty seconds or less. Uh, and it's BrianDixon.com. Wow, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it, and uh, I can't wait to get my book in hand. Um, start with your people and uh, start to um, practice out some of those principles. Thanks again for joining, me, Brian. Thank you so much. I hope you were able to take some valuable insights from this week's chat. Feel free to reach out to me on social media with clues you've gained or questions you need answers to. You can find my pages at GaryBracket.com. Remember, it is up to you to make the most out of your opportunities to reach success. Personally, I live this life with an abundance mindset. And deep down, I hope we all make it.